It was a pretty incredible night, I have to be honest. I was uh, the overnight correspondent on Friday for the BBC when we started getting these reports in at about 9pm local time uh, and then sort of worked through the night trying to figure out exactly what was going on. And in a matter of hours, uh, we were seeing this video footage coming out uh, and social media footage showing that, as you say, the Wagner Group uh, managed to get themselves out of Ukraine, cross the border at multiple points with Russia, uh, and effectively seized control of a city called Rostov-on-Don um, in, a, in a couple of hours without meeting much resistance from the traditional Russian military on the ground. We believe they did shoot down a number of helicopters, uh, and it's helicopters that they accuse, uh, that the Wagner Group accused the Russian military of having used on them purposefully uh, on Thursday and Friday. So you can understand why they might uh, be quite gung-ho about shooting those down. Uh, and then, you know, within a matter of hours, saying that he was going to take this justice march to Moscow. Uh, we know, for instance, that there was real panic in Moscow. They were digging trenches on the main highway that led from this city to Moscow to try and stop tanks from rolling through. They declared uh, a national, they told everyone to stay inside. They declared Monday as a national holiday. They started doing emergency broadcasts on TV. So in the 23 years since Putin first took power, I think this was the biggest crisis that he's ever faced domestically, uh, and it has really fractured now his hold on power. In terms of what it means for Ukraine, Vincent, I noted that tra tragically and sickeningly overnight, the Russians resumed their attacks. I think that five people died in, in Ukraine from a missile strike. I think five, five, well, there's certainly been some civilian deaths in the last 24 hours, so Russia seems to be trying to send a, a message that they're, they're still there, they're still fighting. But they've been so reliant on the Wagner Group in terms of mounting a lot of their operations with not great success, given what the expectations were when the war started back in February last year. So how, how do they maintain their current level of strength in Ukraine if they've got 25,000 soldiers led by a bloke who has made it clear he, he no longer supports Russia? Well, I think this is a huge turning point in the war for Ukraine. They were watching very nervously to see what was going to happen, whether this had turned into a full coup uh, at the weekend. And I think if you interpret it in, in two ways, there is now the actual forces in Ukraine, but then the, the psychological effects in Russia itself. So in terms of the forces in Ukraine, what we understand has happened uh, is that Evgeny Prozhogin is now actually within a form of exile in Belarus that his forces have been subsumed into the traditional Russian army. Um, uh, and they were really sort of the, the spear point of, of the Russian attack in Ukraine in, in recent months. Now, what it's going to show is that there's going to be huge uh, sort of problems with morale. There's going to be huge organizational issues now in the Russian army. It's very much going to be a divided fighting force uh, without the director that managed to, you know, get them out of, the combat zone and to reinvade their own country uh, and potentially take down a, a president who, you know, presume everyone thinks has an iron grip, but that's clearly not the case. So whether there'll be a cohesive fighting force, you know, in the months to come, we will see a conscript army throughout history is never one that's that successful. Um, and clearly the Russian military itself and the fact that it didn't lay down any, any proper opposition to the Wagner group when it put that march into Russia it shows that the, 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 the morale in the traditional Russian army is at rock bottom too. I think for Ukraine, it's going to be a, a huge advantage tactically, therefore, on the ground. But I think it just shows the rest of the world and NATO leaders are meeting uh, this week in Europe uh, to discuss the war. It shows the rest of the world that 
it's working. The strategy mm. uh, of holding together with Ukraine, of allowing to sort of dis, you know the discord in Russia, the discord in the Kremlin uh, to sort of fester because they're completely stuck in this war, which they cannot win now effectively. It is causing problems amongst the generals. It's causing problems for Putin. And Putin now looks, you know, dictators are very brittle creatures. <laughs> yeah. They might look strong, uh, but they do crack quite quickly uh, with a little bit of pressure, especially surprise pressure. You really see underneath their structures if they haven't won the hearts of people because they're sort of controlling them with fear, uh, then they'll have very little support when it comes to the crunch time. It takes you back to like post-89 when you saw people like Ceausescu in Romania just fold like umbrellas the moment the writing was on the wall. And it, it was a little bit exactly. reminiscent of that for a while it, it over is, the weekend, you know, when you, it, There was a lot of thinking back to the fall of the wall, you know, complete surprise, caught everyone off guard. Um, you know, was that this kind of moment as well? Um, but we'll see whether or not this, this truce holds. We know that Putin holds the grudge. I spent a long time with you guys talking from Salisbury, where, if you remember a few years ago in 2017, uh, Putin, uh, sorry, 2018 it was, uh, Putin had uh, poisoned with uh, chemical, chemical warfare agents, uh, a former spy who defected to the UK many years later. Uh, we know that people in Russia that go against Putin have a habit of either being poisoned or falling from windows. Um, so we'll see just how long Evgeny Prozhogin lasts now. Mm. Um, but it does show that, that Putin now is in a very much weakened state. Uh, and he gave a sort of panicked, sort of, I think, in my interpretation, slightly panicked address on Saturday morning to the Russian people, uh, calling it a mutiny. Um, I don't think these two, who have been incredibly close, who've you know, worked together for many years, he's sort of this strange... Uh, Prozhogin is this sort of strange sort of fixer for Putin. He'd been a chef for him at one point. He'd done all sorts. Uh, that there is clearly now, uh, you know, moves against Putin in Russia itself. David Pemberthy and Will Goodings, six to nine, five double A breakfast.